Play the we're best we're best going on. Yeah, we're going to bug to everybody. Big shout out to everyone watching online this morning. Um, it's been great this morning. Thank you for the praise and worship. How good was that? And how good was that song? And how good that we can continue to praise and worship uh, in this season. Um, so my name's Dean. I, Rosie and I haven't been here for a few weeks. We had some leave and then we've been up in Colborra. So I almost feel like we're new people here today. So, you know, um, Rosie's my wife. Lucy's my daughter. She turned two recently. And um, anyone who has kids, she turned to, they talk about the terrible twos, and she turned to, and it's like I don't even recognise who she is anymore. <laughs> she turned to, and if you came to our house right now and had a look at our lounge room, you can't see the floor. <laughs> we've got tiles and we've got a rug, but you can't see those. And she started going through this evil word called a regression. So the last two nights it comes to... It's time for bed, Lucy. You go to bed at quarter past seven, and she looks like an angel, like she is. She's sweet. We love her. We're not going to, you know, we're going to keep her. But um, the last few nights, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, don't want to go to sleep. I want to stay up. I want to get the unicorn out. I want to hop in my car. Anyway, anyway, there's been a lot of tears and a lot of tears. Like, that's us, me and Rosie crying, not Lucy. But we're getting through it. But no, she's, she's beautiful and she's great. But um, it is good to be with you this morning and good to be in Aladala. You know who's expectant for this morning? Yeah. yeah. I'm expectant. Um, how good have the last few messages that Dave's preached been here? So like Swelly said, our theme, our series for this season is over fear. And I think we all agree, like, who's over fear? Yeah over fear it's everywhere and I want to read to you from Psalm 145 and um, it's a favorite of mine at the moment and it says from verse 3 to so Psalm 145 God is magnificent he can never be praised enough there are no boundaries to his greatness generation after generation stands in awe of your work each one tells stories of your mighty acts your beauty and splendor have everyone talking I compose songs of your wonders, your marvellous doings are headline news. I could write a book full of the details of your greatness. The fame of your goodness spreads across the country and your righteousness is on everyone's lips. You know, and just a reminder, if you didn't know, God is magnificent and nothing will ever change that. There are no boundaries to his greatness. And while we may have restrictions 
God does not have restrictions. He's not limited and he can't be reduced or watered down. Generation after generation stand in awe of your work. Each tells stories of your mighty acts. God always has and he always will continue to move in a powerful way across every generation. Your marvellous doings are headline news. Now we all know what the headline news is at the moment and we're not talking about the Olympics as much as they've been fun to watch. But can we dream and imagine a time when the works of God, the miracles that he's doing, are actually the highest news and the headline news? The fame of your goodness spreads across the country. You know, the news of God, of what God's doing, it knows no boundaries and it spreads across the country. And can I say quicker than a pandemic? Or maybe it's too soon to, to make jokes like that, isn't it? <laughs> and your righteousness is on everyone's lips. God is moving and God is breaking out. And may this be our prayer in this season. May this be our heart in this season, what we're believing for God to do. You know, may it be our prayer. May we allow God to stir our faith in this season. And, you know, this series we've started over fear. Um, you know, as I said, we've been away recently. We, we streamed it into Colborough last Sunday. We caught up, at, um, caught up online uh, the message before that. And it's such a God word for us, the body of church in this season. Now, it isn't a season to fear. And it isn't a season to come under fear. You know, what does fear do? It brings us into a small place. It confines us. It tries to bind us. Fear can stop us in our tracks and prevent us from moving forward. Fear likes to hold people captive, doesn't it? You know, for anyone who's experienced fear, and I'm sure we probably all have, I probably don't need to, you know, go into much more detail. But it's not a season to fear. It's a season to come... It's not... Let's get back into that. It's not a season to fear... It's not a season to come into a small, confined space and anyone who's claustrophobic says, Amen. It's a season where God wants to move and it's a season where God wants to break out, you know, the marvellous works. And that's what Psalm 145 is talking about. And I know that you know this and we know this verse well. So 2 Timothy 1.7, it tells us, For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. God will never give you a spirit of fear. So we don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to walk with fear. We have a choice. We don't have to live in fear and we don't have to live with fear in this season. Again, we have a choice. And I believe, you know, what does God want to do this morning? Probably lots, but through this series, what does God want to do? He wants to bring us into greater freedom. You know, so this morning, through this message, through this series, and again, if you've, if you've missed out on the last few messages, I'm going to follow on from what David shared. Go back and listen to it, because I just believe that there's keys in this season. Keys of freedom. Luke 4.18, Jesus speaking. He says, The Spirit of Lord, the Lord is on me. Why? To be hopeful for healing for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. Does anyone feel like God's speaking to them through this series that we're looking at of fear? Yeah, yeah. Getting some nods, getting some feedback, which is good.
I've been reminded a lot through this series of maybe Bible verses that I, I heard in my teens, you know, a lot of verses that maybe I haven't remembered recently. Um, you know, fear is sneaky, and sometimes it can, it can creep into our life completely undetected. You know, fear is... I was talking to Rosie about this last night. Fear is like the, the flatmate from hell. Has anyone had a flatmate from hell before? <laughs> I, on reflection, I was talking to Rosie and I'm like, I think I might have been that flatmate. <laughs> but it's okay because I'm a husband now and well-trained. <laughs> but um, so fear can sometimes be like the flatmate from hell who's moved in. You know, the flatmate who's moved in, taken room, doesn't pay rent, takes up space. It's always in your face. Sorry, right, I wasn't like always in people's faces. <laughs> I wasn't that bad, actually. I hope not. <laughs> um, but the good thing about it is, if we have allowed fear into our life, just, my, just like the flatmate from hell who doesn't pay rent, we can ask it to leave. So the same with fear. If we've allowed fear to come in and creep in and take space, take space, take a room, we can actually ask fear to go and to fear to leave. You know? So through this series, today, this morning, and the future weeks, let's learn and grow together how to live free of fear. And um, there's a lot of seasons, I think, that we can go through in life where we can go it alone, but this season feels like uh, a season of togetherness. It feels like this season, we actually don't need to go it alone. There is strength in numbers. And it's not just about me getting through this season. It's about all of us getting through together. And there's strength that people can add to each other. And there's strength that we can draw from each other. And definitely, I know, during the season, through the ups and downs, I've needed to draw strength from other people as well. I've needed to draw faith. So, we've heard about praise over fear, and we've heard about trust over fear. Isaiah 61 speaks of there being that garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord completely. Dave read this last week. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions with all your heart. Rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he'll lead you wherever you go. You know, we've heard the last few weeks, we've heard stories about the God who calms, you know, the raging seas, the God who calms the storm. And we've heard about the God who defeats the giants that hold a generation in bondage. And this morning I want to continue, again, the same theme, over fear. And I want to share about truth over fear. We've heard about praise over fear. We've heard about trust over fear. And I want to share about truth over fear. So the word of God tells us in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus, God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what I like about this verse is that it tells us that what God did yesterday, what God did maybe a thousand years ago, he can do again today. He can replicate that same work today. He can do that again tomorrow. If he defeated fear that held a nation in bondage yesterday, he can do that again today. If he calmed a storm 
yesterday. If he calmed the oceans and the seas and brought peace, he can do that again today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Remember, there's no bounds or restrictions to the greatness of God. Amen. So truth. This is a, this is a good question. So truth. What, what is truth? Now, I was thinking about this and talking with Rosie about that. And I think what is truth, it very well, very well may be the question of the time right now, isn't it? What is truth? The question of the year. And we live in a time where truth is spoken about. People will say, my truth and your truth. But what is often not spoken about is the truth. So truth is defined as the true or actual state of a matter, the quality of being true, conformity with fact or reality, a verified or indisputable fact. And Dave, if you're listening, I know you like this, truth is a noun. It's a describing word, it's not a verb. <laughs> so truth is exactness, fact. In the Greek, truth is defined as reality. So truth is defined as reality in the Greek. So what truth is not? Truth is not falseness. It's not misrepresentation. Truth is not a lie. It's not inexactness, dishonesty or falsehood. And when faced with fear, praise over fear, that's going to help. Trust over fear, that's going to help. And encountering truth, being led in truth, and by truth is going to help some more too as well. So what we're talking about today with truth over fear, it links in and it builds on praise over fear and trust over fear. Now we move on to truth over fear. In Ephesians 6 we read about the armour of God and hopefully I don't go out of footage. I didn't add this, but I wanted to add it. So I've got very small print, if you can see. So just bear with me. So Ephesians 6, the armour of God, from about verse 13. And it says, Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after, doing, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what we see in Ephesians 6 What's included in the armour of God is the belt, the belt of truth that is to be buckled around your waist. Truth in a season of battle is indispensable and assists us to cover and protect. And I think we can all agree there's a lot of talk about what's true and what isn't true in this season. You know, you could say that there's a battle, battle over truth, a battle for the truth. But what I am sure of, and what I think we can all agree and unite around, is that we serve a God who is complete truth. In Psalm 25, 5, King David writes, And may this be our heart and our prayer in this season. 
Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you wait. For, for you I wait all the day long. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. For you are my God. In Ephesians 6, the belt of truth is not just made up of the world's truth or the truth of a matter. Ephesians 6, what's the belt of truth made up of? The truth of God. The truth of who God is. Of who he says that he is. And I was reading a little bit more about the belt of truth and the armour described in Ephesians 6. So the armour that we read about, it's the armour of a soldier. And the belt wasn't buckled, it was tied. And it wasn't a thin piece of cloth, it could be likened to a weightlifter's belt. Each piece of the armour, all the other pieces of armour, connected to this belt. Truth needs to be securely connected to us. As truth, the belt, binds the rest of the armour together. Without truth, we just, have it, we just have disjointed and disconnected pieces. So it's believed that the belt, when positioned correctly, held up and positioned the breastplate of righteousness. As well, and I learn a new word, as a scabbard to hold the sword. It probably has another name and I didn't look it up, but it's, it's it. I pronounce it correctly. So the belt held up the breastplate of righteousness. It also was positioned to hold the sword, the sword of the spirit. So the breastplate of righteousness covers all the vital organs in protection as well as a breastplate also, and I didn't know this, a soldier's breastplate was the primary source of identification in a battle. So our righteousness actually is to identify us as followers of Christ. So the truth, God's truth, who he is and what we know is completely indispensable. Remember, without the truth, without the belt, what happens is we, don't, we just have disjointed bits of armour, don't we? We need the truth to actually bind. So how can we find God's truth? How can we be led in truth in this season? So 2 Timothy 3.16, it reads, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. So all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. John 17.17 17, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. You see a bit of a theme here. Teach them your word, which is truth. Psalm 119 and verse 160. The very essence of your words is truth. All your regulations will stand forever. You know, so often we have it located in an app in our phone. Or we have multiple copies of it, maybe next to the bed or on bookshelves, in different translations. But to be led in truth in the season, it actually, it actually starts with the word of God. All scripture is useful to teach us what is true. The very essence of your word is truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. You know, it's so important that we see the world, the circumstances that we face, it's so important that we see the battles that we face 
through the lens of truth. And the Word of God helps us to do this. You know, sort of point number two, truth can also be found in a person. John 14, verse 6, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If we read that with the Greek word, the truth, in there, for truth, it says, I am the way, the reality, and the life. You know, truth is found and can be found in the person that Jesus is. John 1.14, and this one's speaking about Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Again, the word, truth, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus and who he is, the life he lives, the words he spoke, is a complete embodiment of truth. You know, in this season, if we're looking for the truth, if we're searching for truth, we can't go past the word of God and we can't go past the person of Jesus. A few verses down in John 1.17 we read, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it was always God's plan that the reality, his reality, his truth, would be reflected in Jesus. And everything that Jesus did, what did he do with his disciples? He led them in truth, being the truth. John 8.31, Jesus speaking about truth. He says, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, the word of God, you will prove that you are my true disciples, my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your life. Now, I don't know about you, but if true freedom is on offer, I'd like to take true freedom. In other translation, this verse reads, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. As we know truth, the word of God, and the person of Jesus, we experience true freedom. And that, you know, I've experienced fear myself, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but true freedom sounds like the opposite of fear, doesn't it? And when we think about, you know, thinking back to the stories Dave shared over the last few weeks about David and Peter, the battle against Goliath, and the disciples in the storm, both David and Peter, they knew how to praise. They knew how to trust God. That was clearly evident. But they also knew the truth of who God was. You know, David, a young shepherd boy. But when you read that story, how confident was David? What was he, 16 or 17? How confident was he? Not only with Saul, with his brothers, but with Goliath. In the face of fear, he just beamed confidence but David knew the truth. You know, David knew who God was. And he knew the truth through the word of God. So David would have had access, even then, he would have had access to at least hearing the word. The first five books of the Bible are believed to have been written. So David would have known the word. He would have known the truth through hearing the word. And then when we look at Peter, again we see there was a trust in Peter. Peter stepped out and he walked on water. Now, you're not going to do that without trusting Jesus. But as well as trust, 
there was a knowledge of the truth. So how did he know truth? Peter knew the person of truth. Peter knew Jesus. So both stories we see David, Peter, knowing truth, knowing God, but in a different way through the word and through the person of Jesus. Peter knew the truth and who Jesus was from his relationship with the person of, the person of truth, the person of Jesus. And the last part that I want to look at, how can we be led in God's truth this season? I want to focus and finish up here. And I want to read from John 14, 16. So how can we be led in truth this season? And so Jesus is speaking with his disciples and he says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. In John 16, 13, Jesus here tells his disciples, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak to you on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. And is it just me or is that a powerful, are they powerful verses? We may not have all the answers and I actually don't think we're meant to have all the answers. We're definitely faced, I, I, I would consider myself a young person, a young adult, but there's a definitely a lot of circumstances you go through where you go, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the truth is. But here we have a passage that says that there is someone, his name is the Holy Spirit, whose desire is to lead us into all truth. You know, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know where to go, when we don't know what the truth is, what is fact or what is fiction, there is someone who actually wants to lead us into all truth. And not just this, more than this, it says, I'm going to scroll back up, he'll guide you into all truth, he will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and in addition, he'll tell you what is to come. And I just believe for us, as Christians, as the church, we have access to someone, the Holy Spirit, who wants to lead us into all truth. And not only that, not only that wants to tell us what is to come in a world that's looking for truth, that doesn't have the answers, that's going, I don't know what is next. I think there's a weight and responsibility on us as Christians. Actually, we have connection to the Holy Spirit. Actually, let's seek out what is the truth. Also, Holy Spirit, you want to speak what is to come. Let's hear what is to come so we can actually share that with a broken world. So we can share that with a world that doesn't yet. You know, not just I speak about the world in a big context, but these are the people, your family who don't know Jesus, your workmates, your friends. We're in lives for a reason, you know, more than just us experiencing peace. We can share that peace. We can share truth. And we can actually share, you know, as Jesus comforts us, the Holy Spirit, with what's to come. We actually can, not just for us, we can share that with other people as well. So I just believe that there is a weight and a responsibility that comes with all these things that we have access to. And the Holy Spirit's described as a gift. When you read that passage, what a gift the Holy Spirit truly is. Leading us in truth and leading us sharing what is to come. 
you know, a few years ago, and I think, you know, one of those, if you know, you know, um, a few years ago, I had a health crisis. I had a lot of tests. I had a lot of surgeries. Where Rosie and I met by fear, 100%. Where we met by tears and fear, both of them, 100%. But reflecting on that season, what I did in that season is I armed myself with truth, with the Word of God. I don't know what it's going to look like in this season. I don't know. I don't like what the doctors are telling me. But I'm going to stand on the truth of God's word. And I can tell you that I've got a journal and I've gone back to that because there's been highs and lows with my health journey where I had probably a dozen scriptures. Every morning I would get up, okay God, beyond my feelings, beyond what I'm thinking, my toxic thoughts, I'm going to speak this over my life and over my situation. And wasn't sharing that for an applause, but that's, that's encouraging. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but what that did was it actually raised the truth over fear. It raised the truth over my emotions and over my feelings. It raised the, raised the truth over even what the doctors were saying. And I can confidently say that I had better than expected results and outcomes. You know? And along with that, I had a supportive church who were right, right behind us. And not only the Word of God being the truth, but the Holy Spirit led us. The Holy Spirit, we talk about the Spirit of Truth. He's also the comforter and the counsellor. You know, he's sort of the whole package, isn't he? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit led us in truth. And it talks about the Holy Spirit will tell you what is to come. I think the Holy Spirit did do that by giving us a sense of peace. That actually God's got us. There's good in this season. You know, our journey, my journey and the things I've experienced has showed me that some seasons there's both light and shade. You know, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that, that shadow is just a shadow. You know, let's remind ourselves of that. Again, let's remind ourselves of the truth. Let's be led by truth. Let's know the person of truth, which is Jesus. You know, biologically, a few little things. Biologically, when we encounter fear or a threat of danger, what happens is our body actually goes into a survival mode. And, um, you know, the experts will say that there are sort of three things that will happen, three responses. It will be fight, flight, or freeze. And um, we run a lot of group work programs at my work with um, adolescents, and we, we talk about emotions, strong emotions of fear. And we always say, you know, if a, if a lion came into the room right now, what would you do? And boys, you get some pretty colourful explanations of what they're going to do, and we sort of go, you all would have run that way. <laughs> There's no way you would do that. <laughs> pretty creative. I'll give them points for that. Um, but the responses that we would look at are fight, flight, and freeze. And even, you know, lion jumps into the room. We'd all do one of those. We'd all either choose to fight, flight, which is run, or freeze, I don't know what to do. And if you freeze, let's hope you've got some good friends or a good spouse next to you who's going to drag you out. Um, we'd all know what Dave would do. Dave would try and tickle it, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> Silly boy. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if, as well as having a survival response, fight, flight, freeze, as well he said, it's good not to be eaten, 
You know, God's put it there for a reason. But wouldn't it be great as as well, as well <laughs> let's get our words out properly, um, wouldn't it be good is as well as having a survival response, we'd had a spiritual response as well. So fight. I'm going to choose to praise. I'm going to choose to pray. Flight. I'm going to choose to trust God. And I'm going to choose to place my hope in God. And freeze. You know, I feel like I can't move. I don't know what to do. I'm going to choose to remind myself of truth and God's faithfulness and God's goodness in this season. You know, in this season, I think some of us, and we are all are having this, you know, faced with fear, we have a re survival response. So in some way, shape or form, we're probably doing those, you know, fight, flight or freeze. But let's also have a spiritual response in this season. And the last thing I want to just share with, and then I might hand back to Swelly uh, or pray. I was thinking about the story in the Bible of David and Saul. Does everyone know the story of when Saul is, um, there's actually a distressing spirit. And um, one of his servants says, why don't we get a musician? And funnily enough, out of all the music musicians in the land, who do they get? They get David, shepherd boy, king to be. Lots happening in that story. You know, God positioning David to be king. If you read in the chapters of Samuel, what actually happened here is because of Saul's disobedience, the spirit of God was on Saul. The first king in the nation was actually lifted off. You know, Saul in his disobedience then came under attack. What is a distressing spirit? Distress is fear. He came under a spirit of fear. What happened prior to that? We actually see David anointed with the Spirit of God. And if you're reading the message translation, it, it talks about the Holy Spirit coming onto his life. Like I think it's like a rushing wind. It fills him with his presence. And then we read about Saul in his distress, having David play music, music to him. And we can say, you know, it's the music that soothes his soul. But we do know it was the evidence of the Holy Spirit on his life, moving in and moving through him, that calmed Saul's fear. And it wasn't a one-time show. This, every time he experienced this distress, I, lo I love that God removed his spirit from him but didn't abandon Saul. He actually provided <laughs> peace. God's kind, isn't he? He's kind. And what David had on his life, he had the spirit of truth. You know, Saul encountered the spirit of comfort the spirit of the counsellor, but he encountered the spirit of truth that actually broke the spirit of fear off his life. And I think, you know, in this story, there's two people we see. There's a receiver of the Holy Spirit, and there's someone who's a carrier. He's providing the Holy Spirit. And I just want to leave this with you, a question. Think about this this week. But who are you in this season? Are you someone who needs a fresh touch of the spirit of truth? Or are you someone who has the Holy Spirit who can actually go and share and provide that truth, that comfort with other people and help dispel fear? Remember, God's kind. We only need to ask. If it's something where you go, actually, Holy Spirit, I recognize I need some more of you. He's not going <laughs> to hold back. He's going to fill you. And if you're that person, the Holy Spirit's with me. I'm walking in that. Who can you share that? Think about friends. Think about family. Think about the body of Christ. 
Think about those who are in your world who don't know you. Anyway, I hope, I hope that you've, you've, you've got something out of this today. I hope you, you take some of this home and I'm going to pray. We're going to finish up and I'm going to hand back to Swelly. Yeah, so dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We bring you praise, Lord, that this season isn't a season that we're going through alone. This is a season where you are leading us. We thank you that it's not a season to fear, but it's a season to walk in praise. It's a season to walk in trust, and it's a season to walk in your truth. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, that you would lead us into all truth in this season. We look to you. We thank you that we are not given a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And Lord, for anyone today in this building, or anyone, Lord, who's listening online, who feels like they're in a small place, they're bound by fear, Lord, we just pray that fear would break off every heart and every life and every mind. You know, your word says that it's for freedom that you have set us free. And we just thank you, Lord, for your people, us included, walking out your plan and purpose and freedom. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, we know that there's a community, there are people in our world who are experiencing fear. And we just ask this week, God, that you'd put people on our heart, that we can share the spirit of truth, that we can share the comforter, the counsellor with this week and see fear broken off our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.